You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by Impact Dynamics. And now, over to your hosts. Well, hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. My name is Rusty. I'm just checking what episode it is. I think it's 131. Episode 131. Anyway, uh, we'll just run with that. We'll just run with that. Uh, Joining me tonight... The main gang. Uh, Bronte, sitting across from me. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well. And yourself, Rusty? Good. Just a heads up that uh, Bronte has access to the buttons tonight. So I'm just putting a disclaimer out there. Just in case uh, any buttons go off inappropriately, it was most likely him. <laughs> he's, he's, he's trying to work out which, one to work which one's the most appropriate to, yeah. to do that. Yeah. yeah. Good work, mate. Well yeah. done. Uh, over there, Dutchie, how we doing? Um, doing fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Any news? Any jobs? No, no? Oh, I haven't been looking. I've filled <laughs> out my prerequisites for the month and I've just taken the rest of the month off. You know? <laughs> Sensational. <laughs> you've had you've had holiday. Yeah. <laughs> good. It's hard work, man. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should get paid for that then. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like work. Uh, Andy, what about you, mate? Uh, not a whole lot's happening at the moment. No, yeah. re- recovered from your devastating loss at the PRS finale. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's been an emotional uh, couple of weeks. Yes, it has been. <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're. Uh, I'm glad you come up to speed. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, gents, gents, any any shooting to talk of in the last couple of weeks? We we missed you last time, by the way, Bronte. Missed yes. You last time. Any anything to uh, mention? No, really. I've had a really boring life. A lot of work and not a lot of shooting. Okay. There you go. It's uh, that's that's the way. Uh, yeah, is there a dun dun on that button that you can press for yourself? <laughs> <laughs> it's the red one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's close, close enough. enough. Close enough. That's a bad answer. <laughs> it is a bad answer. <laughs> what about this weekend? Anyone going shooting? The club is on this weekend for the final final club of the of the year. <laughs> final, you match. know what I mean? Final match. Final match of the year. Yeah. Any you shooting? Uh, I'll be heading up there Saturday for half a day. Okay. Have a wedding in the afternoon, and Sunday I've got a family. What is with your weddings? Oh, it's that time of the year. Yeah. That age bracket, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Nearly as bad as Trent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Anyone else going up to the club? Bronnie, you're going to see your smiling face up there this weekend? Subject to loading some ammo, yes. Yeah, right. I, um, I have a bombshell to announce. I'm going to shoot a centerfire match this weekend. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. Well done, Rondy. Good job. Good job. Yeah, uh, I my 2D3 is back up and running. So You better catch it then. Rondy <laughs> <laughs> oh, <whoa. laughs> is on this. He's all over this tonight. Excellent. Um, <laughs> I made the joke, you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Who even are you? <laughs> Um, Unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> Get a job and a haircut. <laughs> no, get fucked. <laughs> so uh, my 2D3, after I was very, uh, very blown away by receiving a, a, a very nice rifle the other the other week, um, I did because I, I was slowly putting towards uh, – uh, yeah, that, that's a that's, Coke That's the poured. sound of Coke being poured. <laughs> just, classy, just to classy gentleman. <laughs> We got to keep up with the um, we got to keep up with the Hunting HQ boys. You're trying to make him mm. blush, remember? 
Yeah, but we're not going to keep up with them. I've, I've heard about their <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we, uh, by, by the way, uh, there could be a little uh, combo project happening next year with the Honey Gage Q boys, but we won't say anything further than that. And that's uh, all, all to be decided, all, all pending currently. Anyway. Uh, Back to your two, two, three. That's the one I was talking about. So yep. I did because I was putting some stuff away to, to buy a new rifle. So I went out and bought a new KLG chassis. Uh, and so that's for to match the the, the, the gay tiger. That's for the two, two, three. So that's now on the two, two, three. Uh, I'm going to throw the the razor onto that gun. Nice, nice. And I'm going to and I bought some factory ammo because yeah, that's because you can because again. Uh, some uh, so I'm going to have a crack on the center fire match this weekend. Excellent. Yeah. So does that mean that you have to actually suffer the pain that you inflict on everybody else because you have to shoot your own course of fire? Well, I'm also. Oh, well, I was going to say I'm, I am the match director. However, the course of fire has been completely lifted from the finale. Mm-hmm. With some target size increases and some distance reductions, one of the two, uh, and then also maybe a little bit of extra time on a couple of stages. So, given given that the uh, the level of uh, shooter at uh, that match, we're going to have some new people there and all that sort of gear. So we got to accommodate for that. So we'll make it a little bit uh, easier, but we're going to do a few of the stages, the slopes, and the pegboard, and a few other bits and pieces. So, um, yeah, that should be that should be good fun. So as long as my back holds up for this. <laughs> Yeah. I'll be uh, I'll be on board. So, Any other excuses you want to get uh, in weird, early? Not, not used to shooting in no the wind. Pegboard. Yeah. Um, pegboard. Um, Dutchy wasn't there calling my shots, so yeah. that's, that's disappointing. I wasn't there coaching. Coaching, yeah. We've also had a bit of wear on those barricades as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the target's been hit a few many, too many mm-hmm. times, so that might it might not ding as well as it could have. And, and yep. um, Also, I just haven't shot for two years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that one's probably the better excuse. I would have led with that one personally, but yeah. Why, why go with the truth? <laughs> Let's just go with it. Anyway, so that should be good fun. So I'm going to have a crack on center fire. I'm, I'm going to shoot this, uh, the rim fire on the, the next day. So it's going to be a pretty uh, – I want my team to go up so you don't fail alone. I think you should. I oh. think we should fail together. Yeah. Rim fire mm. on Sunday, mate. Bring the 22 up. Yeah. Although to be fair, if you want to shoot center fire, not quite finished. <laughs> I've got I've got nine hundred. I've got spare twenty twos, but I've got nine hundred rounds for my two, my twenty two two three now. So you can never crack with that. Just need a scope for my two two three, and I'll be laughing. Yeah, I lent it to someone oh, did who you? is also unemployed because <laughs> I feel their pain. <laughs> oh, fantastic! So I can't afford to feed it, and he had a rifle and no scope. So good. All right. Excellent. Well, Unemployed crew. <laughs> <laughs> Represent. Bronte <laughs> <laughs> is nailing this tonight. <laughs> Absolutely machine. Machine. Uh, all right. What else is going on? Hey, uh, we put a video out starring you, Andy. Oh. Involving. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll involving. take that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> starring. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. So uh, Neighbours are going to approach you or home and away. What, what would be your pick? <laughs> oh, neither, really. <laughs> So both. That's just, that's just, that's just un-Australian. <laughs> uh, so uh, we, you could end up being Kylie in you know, years to come. What? Yeah, yeah. If you jump on Neighbours now. Yeah. Wish you Neighbours are home and away. Well, wouldn't you want to be Alf? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. We need some yeah, Alf. Yeah, we need yeah, some yeah, Alf yeah. on this, uh, this, this, this thing. Can you, you just move that like screen so I can see what the buttons are again? Because my memory <laughs> no. isn't quite that good. It's <laughs> <laughs> really inappropriate. The blue, the blue one's great. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Remember that one. Good. So, uh, latest Impact Dynamics video, although by the time this goes out, there's another video ready to go, so maybe not the latest. Anyway. 
recent Impact Dynamics video was the Box to 1000 Challenge. Do you want to give us a little rundown? Because this is a very different video. Yeah. So we uh, there was a group of four of us. Um, it was Travis, uh, Nick from Ignition, and Ben from the Long Gun Project. Yep. Um, we were told we had to rip our scopes off, put a new one on, bore side at zero up, and uh, hit a thousand meters with ten shots. And uh, if we wanted more shots or needed them, then it was a two minute, two minute penalty. I two think. minute penalty. Yeah, yep. for an extra shot. And the first so. one to hit the thousand meter target, Got win, the, yeah, win the scope. That's it. Yeah. Mm. So uh, this was this was a very different video. Good fun and. Uh, so far, little inside tip, it's been the fastest uh, growing Impact Dynamics video ever. Mm. Wow, that's uh, impressive. In terms of rate of take-up. So it's about 16 minutes long uh, and it is – I think it's just fun. I think it's yeah, I had a great time. A few laughs and uh, and it's not very serious. Although, you know, you boys knew what you're doing. Well, mm. three of you boys knew what you're doing. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, you, you – we won't give away the the ending and no. who won and all that sort of gear, but uh, um, whoever won got there in eight shots, which is from from zeroing a gun to smacking a thousand meters is not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May may have been able to get a couple less, but yeah, you know, and and everyone everyone got in under a box of ammo, mm. so everyone was under twenty shots. I think it was. Oh yeah, we won't we won't give away yeah. all the details. It's a but, good thing the target was like a car. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a two MOA yeah. target. Yeah. So it was well, it wasn't a, too bad actually. It was a, a yeah. It's not a super tight target, but it's not a mammoth target mm. either. Two MOA. There's no mammoths left. That's yeah. Fine. They're all gone. Yeah. They're all gone. Hashtag also, training for mammoth. Yeah. It depends how much wind you have though. Because a two <laughs> MOA target is awfully small in in high wind conditions. Hundred uh, percent. Little tip. Uh, yeah. Ben Ben will tell you all about the wind on the video. Mm. So if you do want to watch that, that was a sponsored by Falcon Optics uh, and. Who provided the scopes and uh, scoped out as well? Or scoped out provided the scopes of Falcon Optics. Let's put it that way. But uh, you can check that out on the Impact Dynamics channel or Facebook or Instagram. It is on all of them. Uh, so get on it, and uh, that's gone very well. So the plan is to do another one. So sometime next year, uh, early-ish next year, you should see another video in the same vein. Very different challenge, different people, you know, different people involved, but uh, should be should be good fun because uh, it went well. So hopefully we'll. Do a few more of them because mm. it was fun to film. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, for you guys, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it was good fun. Mm. What else can I mention here? Uh, there's a new podcast coming out. Um, this is a uh, super self indulgent, but if you're listening along, the next episode that drops on this channel will actually be a preview episode of a new podcast called The Stage Show which is new from Impact Dynamics, uh, which is a podcast with myself uh, and everyone's favourite Darwinian, uh, sort of adopted Darwinian, Butters. You're, you're good, mate, there, Bronte. Oh, Butters. Butters is good value. <laughs> uh, Butters, myself and Trent. Uh, Trent, who we certainly referenced on this podcast, not sure if he's made it onto here yet, but he um, – he has been uh, he's been the, the man behind all the artwork that you see for PRS uh, and also a number of companies uh, actually in the in that scene as well um, he's done a lot of artwork for them nice. including uh, um, us uh, the podcast and impact and projector warehouse and scoped out and, and a whole stack of other companies uh, external to that he was the master 
Centrelink. No, he, no, he did the Centrelink, whatever that is. No, no, no. no. no you guys know it. You're looking at me like, we I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> what does a Centrelink logo look like? He was the master behind behind a particularly colourful gun, wasn't he, as well? He was also uh, the design. He was not the the paint master. He was a design master. Designer of it. We've got to give credit where credit's due, the the 6 mil, um gay tiger that I was uh, bestowed upon. Um, other way around. Anyway, uh, was done by Tony at Delta Tactical. So yep. if you see a few photos floating around of that thing um, and if you want some Cerakote work done, Tony at Delta Tactical can, can – Make magic happen. It's uh, pretty it impressive. It's very impressive. I took some close-up shots the other night and slowly dripping them out on uh, Instagram. Nice, we went out tonight nice. And uh, and they look, uh, they do look uh, very. That's disturbing. <laughs> Which bit? Just what? dripping what? anything out of the gay tug. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that dripped out, Dutchie. <laughs> What were you doing, stroking the tiger? <laughs> I was just stroking it and what, this dripped out. Yeah, what are you meant to do? What else are you meant to do? Share it. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, good. So, uh, anyway, um, new podcast from us uh, called The Stage Show. Um, it is slowly working its way through all the various uh, podcast uh, references, you know, uh, some Google podcasts and other bits and pieces. Probably by the time this goes up, it'll be on a few others. But you can find it on the Impact Dynamics website. Um, uh, now, it is a breakdown or it's a, a, a PRS-focused podcast but it is very much about matches and stages and stage design and such. So you remember early days on this podcast, uh, back with the, the original crew, we would do like heavy breakdowns on matches because it was only like, you know, the PRI and then the Darwin match. Yeah, you know, so you do like a stage by stage, and then the guys went to New Zealand as well. Do a stage by stage breakdown on the match, right? It might be over two episodes or something like those lines. But it was only you know once or twice a year we'd do that. Now we've sort of stopped doing that because there's so many matches, and we've only really done it occasionally for the matches that guys have been involved with. So that is going to be on that podcast. So we're breaking down not every match, but quite a few. We've we've just done the finale. Um, the pilot episode, episode one, you'll hear is for the Bucken one. And the one we're about to record is for the US finale with oh, some – and then it won't be just limited to the, the matches we are involved with or we shoot. It'll be matches that we see. But, of course, we'll get in touch with some guys who were there and get them involved. So that – it'll be um, it'll be very heavy PRS-focused um, and, and not look at the, the wider shooting world or even the, the wider long-range world. It'll be very match-orientated match and bits and pieces. So anyway, that's the stage show. You can check it out. The next uh, episode that you see in this feed will actually be a, 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 it's a episode one from that. So that is coming out if you like that sort of thing. Uh, you'll be able to check it out. That will be good. Uh, cool. Right. Uh, one other thing. I should, should ask you guys if you've got anything to mention because I feel like I've been talking way too long. No. no. <laughs> Very quiet. Cool. No. I've got a project brewing but ooh, it's a long ooh, way off. Oh, hello. I'm taking the least direct path possible. Yes. To getting my 300 wooden mag set up for actually shooting long range. Uh, okay. You're going to have to. Add that out a little bit more. <laughs> what do you mean by least direct path? Uh, well, I need to put a muzzle brake on it, so I've bought a lathe. <laughs> <laughs> it needs like, a chassis, yeah. so I've bought a milling machine and right. I'm currently converting it to a CNC milling machine. I like where this is yeah. headed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little bit early now because it's okay. still a long way away from seeing anything, but wow. there should be some... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did you need to register yeah. it so you started your own firearms registry? 
No, not yet. No, I hadn't thought that far ahead, to be honest. (laughs) Start your own country, develop your own rules, register your gun. Okay, sounds like it's my own country. I wouldn't have to register it. Fair, fair. Yeah. It sounds like he needed something like an excuse to buy these these equipment. <laughs> Maybe. I could get like a self-timing break, but, you know, I could definitely also buy a uh, a lathe. Yeah, so, well, the barrel's not threaded, so, you know, yeah. you've got to thread the barrel somehow. <laughs> yeah, so a lathe seemed like the most logical tool yeah. for doing that. Yeah, and the barrel was a blank anyway. It wasn't rifled, so I bought a rifling machine. <laughs> I can't fit one of them in my garage, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Well done. Yeah. Okay, so this is uh, – because I, I, I remember um, at some point you were going to talk about chambering a gun. Eventually. Yeah. I, I figured I'd start with just putting a muzzle brake on there because that's okay. further away from my face if it explodes. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the Fair. logic anyway. Um, but eventually I would like to chamber. Yeah. learn Bring how to. Bring the explosion to. closer to your face. <laughs> <laughs> just progressively one inch at a time. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. Keep so, stuffing up. You just keep chopping that yeah, barrel down. Shorter and, and shorter and shorter yeah. and shorter. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, I don't know how well a 300 wind mag would go with like an eight inch barrel though. That might be a bit exciting. Also, legalities. <laughs> well, that too. No, big stop. He said he's got a milling machine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, minimum barrel length. Um, anyway, so the have you got experience doing that sort of stuff, or is are you learning a lot I'm of this from learning scratch? Learning as I go, but yeah, learning as I go. Sensational. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize the project was quite that uh, significant. Yeah, mm. I think I've probably chosen about the hardest way of going about it, but you know, it seems like a good idea at the time. Yeah, yeah, we'll cut the, one the off. The hardest and, way of yeah. doing it the first time, by the time you've had to redo it, you know, fairly yeah, that's all I'm going to do is make like 50 stocks and sell them at like, you know, good money each and I'll be cost neutral. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. Very good. Well, uh, I do want to uh, put a, a mention out there that um, new product uh, floating around. Not not new product, a product that's been around for a long time. But um, Jackman chassis. Jackman chassis. Coming <laughs> soon. Bronte's barrels. <laughs> as soon as he buys a bigger garage. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as he realises he doesn't need a living room. No, we put a rifling machine in there. Oh, hardly watch telly anyway. That's true. <laughs> good. Um, where was it? Anyway, uh, Leo photo, Leo photo tripods. Um, they were at the finale, and they're now going to be uh, stocked on scoped out. Nice. So, Leo photo. If you looked at the range, well, happen to have a price list here. But anyway, um, if you look, because I was working on this all today. But if you look at the range, there is just like there's like four hundred tripods they offer. So. Uh, got together um, between the finale and, and bits and pieces, and worked out like three or four key tripods, depending if you're backpack hunting or you are shooting a match or you're just wanting for spotters or something along those lines and picking like three or four models that are sort of for for what we do because there's so many in there for cameras and video and this and that. Yep, yep. Um, and so very specifically working with the guys um, uh, locally who represent Leo Photo and saying, hey, here's, here's what we want and we think we've narrowed it down to the right, the right ones. So um, they will be up on Scoped Out shortly um, and they are – I spoke to three guys today about about tripods, and all of them were like, "That is phenomenal for the price." Like, yeah, right. yeah they, these guys who have used them at the finale and went, mm. "Wow!" So you're talking like really solid tripods, and and with a ball head on there, you know, like a 
40 mil because uh, uh, it's the ball on. head that ball really head. makes and breaks a tripod yep. you know beyond it legs collapsing on itself which yep. most manufacturers have kind of got figured out it's the ball head that yeah but also the quick deploy legs of being able to actually yep. pull those legs out quickly in bits and pieces and these are like full setups with uh, quick release Arca setups for yeah, 700, nice. 700 bucks wow that's or depending on models and stuff but yeah that's pretty sharp sort of money so anyway uh, if you want scoped out Get in touch and uh, we'll hook those up because they are they're impressive. They're impressive and they're supported locally and all that sort of thing. So that's what we want. That's what we want. So anyway, that I guess that's the product of the uh, the sponsor for the, the episode. There you go. Leo Photo. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Uh right. Hey, um I have a I have a uh, exciting announcement to um to put forward. Have you got a, a noise for us there, um uh Bronte? Uh. You have picked that well, sir. You have picked that well. We're going to do something for 2019 uh, that we haven't done before, but we, uh, we'd we like to. We're going to do the – I don't we, we haven't got a name for these yet – the 2019 Precision Shooting Podcast Awards for oh lack of a <laughs> – Thanks, Craig. Uh, for lack of a better word, um, we're going to uh, put some categories forward – and 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 then put it out to you guys uh, for some votes with some nominations and bits and pieces, and we want to hear from you. And then the, our next episode, which is uh, going to be going probably, I think it's live. We'll, we'll confirm the date, but it should be around the twelfth of December, somewhere in there, a couple of weeks from from the time of recording this. We're going to do a live episode um, where we will stream it out. So Facebook, YouTube. We will be on those and you can watch the episode and, and get involved in bits and pieces. But we will be giving out the awards. Um, the awards mean nothing, but, you know, they're, they're awards. Everybody likes it's an like, award. Well, depends it's like, on what it's, like it's like for. Participation <laughs> award, really. <laughs> no. It's no, more no, than no, a no, 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 no. Not everyone gets a prize. <laughs> no, not everyone gets it. Only, like, only select. So um, we're going to give out a couple of couple – of, uh, we've got about nine or ten categories that are going to go up. You'll be able to find it on the website. You'll be able to find it on Facebook and, and Insta and stuff, or all the, the links to be able to vote in the various awards. So, mm. Bronnie, you want to read us the, the first category that we've, uh, we've come up with? This is a pretty boring category, but anyway. Oh, optical innovation of the year. Optical innovation of the year. I really like how you introduced that. There was a bit of bit of twang in the oh, optical <laughs> innovation of the year. I wasn't sure if you were going, oh, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> well, it was more like, well, yeah. I don't think it's that boring. Yeah. Yeah. Fair call. Fair call. Was, uh, optical innovation. I was, no, I was on board. I was like, yeah, oh, that's I think good. it's a good topic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, sorry, I should, I should have kept my mouth shut, but. So uh, the, the idea of, uh, and you'll see this as a common occurrence, rather than just like scope of the year or something boring like that, we're looking for something that's been very interesting uh, in terms of in the optics world. It could mm. be a reticle that was amazing. It could be uh, a rangefinder that was sensational. It's something something in that side of things, not just limited to like, ah, oh, yeah, we had the best scope and then this best combining scope and then this was the best rangefinder. Like we just end up with 400 awards. It's not, that, that's when everyone wins a prize. So we're going to cull it down to the, the, the optical innovation of the year. Have you guys got any nominations for that? I quite like the um, Razer HD 4000 rangefinder, I think that was it's called. That's you what know, it's called, yep. That capacity in a rangefinder for that price point yep. is is pretty damn impressive, really. 
Yeah, it's good innovation. That's, you don't see too many that will go that distance for that sort of dollars. Mm. Mm. You know, yeah, surely you're, it's probably not necessarily the best rangefinder if, if if money's no object. Oh, but, yeah, for sure. You know, you go down the Terrapin path or, mm. you know, your Vectronics, but not everyone can justify that sort of money. <laughs> no, they can't. No, they can't. Okay. Anyone else got a... Uh... I'm trying to think what, what actually came out this year. Oh, we'll throw it up and then look. We can we can cull some of these, but anyway, you, you're talking the right idea, right idea. What? No. Okay. Good. No. Just put like I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out the um, the. Actually, what oh, does come go. to mind? Yep. Is uh, someone was showing off a spotting scope with a it was I think it was a digital reticle that dropped mm-hmm. in and out. Yep. I think it was uh, Swarovski. It was a Swarovski. Yeah, I got a feeling they weren't. Out this year, but that's okay. the right that's yeah. the right way we're going. Yeah, that sort the of Z-comps, stuff. Z-comps, do they count as this year? Yeah. Yeah, let's let's count them because they only actually, like they were announced last year at SHOT, but they only actually hit the market yeah. this year. So, yeah, I, I would I, – I, I think we're going to loosely base this on did it did it hit public release this mm. year? Yeah, did it, did, did it get into hands even if it was announced previously? Yes, yeah, so Z-comps are really good. Really good suggestion. Just, yeah. Uh, if we're going to go down the line of reticles, the EBR7C from Vortex. Oh, Does that count though? Because that was in the um, AMG. No, it wasn't. That was a 7B or D or something. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not the same not reticle. Quite the same. similar, but not the same reticle. Um, I mean, we could argue that one. But anyway, yeah. I'm not sure that will win, to be honest. But yeah, <laughs> I think it's probably, yeah, better yeah. ones out there. But let's, uh, let's go with that. Um, yeah, okay. All right, so that sort of thing, guys. So there's a few. We'll put a few nominations up in there, but you can definitely enter your own. So as long as it's within the optical realm, um, we will be open to it. And, yeah, just that it's released sometime in 2019. We might allow a month or two in 2018. Yeah, you do that pre. Oh, the um, NX-8 line from yeah, Night Force actually, is probably you know, another yeah. one that's in that category. Uh, XTR3 from Burris. If we're just talking straight scopes, that's that's a really nice scope for the yep. dollars it is. Um, yeah, all, all sorts of options. So uh, whatever you liked, um, we might allow a few months of 2018, mm. but if it was actually like in hands in like June 2018. It's a bit old. Yeah, we're probably probably not going to count that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Righto. Andy, if you, can you read the next one? Is that one Rifle Innovation of the Year? Yep. That's correct. There you go. Uh, any nominate? So these are obviously very similar, but um, pretty broad, pretty broad. So, so just to clarify, is yeah. it rifles only, or is it rifle sort of products like chassis and the like, or is that going to get captured we'd later? Go with rifle products. So barrel chassis, bits and pieces, anything mm-hmm. that contributes to that rifle cartridge, for example. Any nominations for for rifle innovation of the year? The Dad- eight cannon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In all its oh, forms, it's, not necessarily the high point sure piece of pistol, junk. Though. No, I said not necessarily <laughs> the high point piece of junk. Just all of the flow ons from it. Do we change that to firearm innovation of the yeah, year? Yeah, no, yeah, because then it's, then it's a win for Yeet already. <laughs> Everyone knows. <That's, laughs> should we do? Should we just call the awards the Yeets? Rifle innovation. Yeah, <laughs> we call that just the name of the name of the yeah, rather than the uh, the. Will there be like little the Oscars? Little, yeah, yes, the Yeets, the, the Yeets. Yeet-ies. Yeah, well. Might need a bit of tweaking, I think. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure if we don't do it, HK will. <laughs> well, I reckon if you, if you get your prize, you've got to yeet it somewhere. So. 
Otherwise, it's taken back. But no, you're unworthy of this prize. <laughs> we will yeet it to the winners. <laughs> I'll film myself going to post box and just yeeting it yeah. in the post box. <laughs> post office just at the person. What are you doing, mate? <laughs> yep. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I've got it after the first four. You don't need to throw another five at me. She has nine awards. <laughs> yeet. Uh, all right, so fire, uh, rifle innovation of the year to keep the cannon out of it. All right, mm. I'll throw something out. The MPA Matrix chassis. That's something that came mm. out differently. Uh, the 6mm GT slash Gay Tiger. That came out this year. Was the MDT ACC, was that this year? Yeah, yeah, we'll count that as this year because it was, it was announced at shot this year. So, yeah. That one seemed pretty popular. Yeah. Um, I think, could we count, this? oh, no, that's accessories. Anyway, yeah, yeah, so anything rifle-based. So let's, let's if it's integral to the rifles, so actions, bol- uh, barrels, chassis, triggers. Combinations like how the Howard Bravo's got the KRG, is that right? Yes, yeah. I mean, yeah, Howard Bravo's before, but yeah, correct. Right. Like, yep. oh, maybe the Oryx, the Howard Oryx um, would yep. be in this category. Um, it's pretty broad category, but anything that is a a rifle or significant rifle component, uh, we're not talking about bipods and other bits and pieces. Like there, they'll be in in the next one. Now we've just given enough. it away. Yeah. But anyway, that sort of thing. So again, nominations, guys, would be great. Mm-hmm. Dutchie, can you do you, the, the next the section next one? is accessories innovation of the year. Yeah, and it's not the beard accessory store. <laughs> It's not the beard accessory store. Sorry. We should probably play their song just for a moment. Yeah. Not beard accessory store. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this will cover like the sticky game changer, mm. for example, or what do we? Uh, the psych pod. Mm-hmm. Um, the what pod? Psych or sky? Sky pods. Anyway, I can't. I don't know how to say that. But anyway. Good. You're not familiar with that no, one? Cool. Something for you to learn. Yeah. Uh, I wish I knew more of the lyrics from that song. I thought, I thought it was Sky. Sky. We know like five of them pretty That's well. That's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> That's the majority of them. <laughs> so any other accessories? What have, what have you taken on this year, Andy, that might be a... It will be Ultimate Bipod, apparently. Yeah, we're just looking at the psych pod. Uh, I reckon weights come into it. The weights sort of... You know, oh, putting yeah. weights into chassis I mean, sort of come out this year. Yeah, it's been uh, certainly popularised no, um, this year. MPA. I yeah, MPA had done the, stuff, but you could you could mm. let's claim the um the MDT particular weights there because they did it differently. Um, so yeah, sure, sure. Um, any other accessories that came out this year? When did the four penguins in a trap come out? That was last year, wasn't it? Sure. I don't know what it's called. I've forgotten the name. <laughs> Four penguins. Oh, the, uh, the, the, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, tactical udder? The tactical udder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was pretty now, lost. Yeah, yeah. Now we're with you. Yeah. Now we're with you. Uh, what about the, um, the E, E dope card? Yeah, that was previously oh, released. Yeah. But, but right stuff, that sort of stuff, guys, if you're, you know, listening and deciding what to put forward, um, those are the sort of products that will fall into accessories, um, tripods or any, anything along those lines. Yeah. What about Should the MTN tactical table? Um, no, we're looking for good ones. Sorry. What are you talking about? If you need to <laughs> cut up some cheese or something like that. <laughs> 
tell, tell you what, even even if you get that, if you put something forward and it's slightly the wrong category, we'll, we'll, we'll categorise it so your vote will still count, your, your nomination will still count. So that will be excellent. Uh, so I guess the way we're going to work with those ones there, if you nominate something, that'll count as a vote for it. So if 10 people nominate the same thing, then cool, it'll, it'll be 10 votes for it. Um, should, we, should we destroy their thoughts about votes yet? No, no let's just no. save no. that. Let's save that. Uh, all right, next one there. Uh, this is pretty, pretty going to be pretty standard. PRS Australia Match of the Year. So now, not everyone listening's gone to a PRS Australia match. That's cool, but a whole bunch of you, you know, a bunch of you have, and a bunch of you have, you know, watched them, seen them, seen photos of them, all that sort of gear. So I'll have all the various uh, matches listed, uh, and you can tell us which one was your favourite in terms of if you watched it or you liked the artwork for it on your Trent or whatever it is, whatever aspect of it that you liked. We can cover all aspects, uh, Andy, there in the T-shirt. Cheers. We've got about four of those suckers left, I think. So jump on the website and, anyway, slight side plug. Uh, the... Um, I've thrown myself this, the PRS Australian Match of the Year. So choose, nominate whichever one you like the most, um, either from external point of view or from actually shooting it. That would be sensational. Ronnie, over to you, mate. Uh, episode title of the year. Yeah. Our, mm-hmm. our I'm episodes. assuming that's limited to our podcast, not <laughs> any podcast, because that could be quite yeah. broad. And TV shows. In TV shows, we'll open it up yeah. to. No, that is ours. So we'll nominate all, all of our uh, – she might let you guys. There's been – about 30 episodes or something this year at a guess, so uh, mm. oh, we might nominate them. Anyway, whichever one was your most amusing one. Yeah, there might <laughs> be a vote for your favourite episode if you have a favourite episode. I think I think Servo Burgers is probably my favourite. Um, oh, dialing on a nylon bush. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that was the uh, first good one. Idea, that one. <laughs> dialing on a nylon bush. <laughs> yeah, who comes up with this rubbish? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the great man himself that said it. <laughs> that was Paul. That was Paul who said that. Um, yeah, okay, so there's there's been some amusing uh, track titles. Uh, Messy Bowl. Uh, oh, the four-pack uh, of penguin jokes. Four-pack of penguins. Uh, <laughs> 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 Darling, on it. he called himself Russian. Uh, Yeet Cannon was, uh, was one of my more popular episodes, Yeet Cannon, actually, for some reason <laughs> for uh, some reason for some reason uh yeah anyway so there's a few a uh, few episodes there um good just just looking back on on those so we'll put them up so you can choose your favorite favorite one i mean not uh, not all of these episodes not all of these categories are gonna be super serious but i mean that one is but the others maybe not so much uh andy can you see the see the the next one it says shooting video of the year say that Oh, my eyes aren't that good. Shooting video of the year. Oh, good job. Good job. <coughs> no, that, that was the wrong one. Bronte, yeah, you got the should one have been that one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> good self-correction. Well yeah, done, mate. Yeah. I always have to really deserve my nose. Say that out for me. Shooting video of the year. So uh, this is what I'm going to do with this one. Any nominations, any shooting-related video is going to uh, – t- and, and these are, um, these are you know, from what well, Vortex makes some excellent videos. Uh, you could nominate the uh, the one starring Andy mm-hmm. from the other week uh, if you wanted to. I highly recommend it. <laughs> Good. Good. Uh, and so um, – but also 
uh, we shall share out a number of videos over the next couple of weeks of ones to put in your mind. Mm. Perhaps ones that we've referenced many times, perhaps never <laughs> uh, publicly shared. So quality, page- quality, quality. Yeah. So we will share out a Is few. Is that from this year? Do you know I don't what? care. Do you know it's what? Like this no. year. We're gonna we're gonna open this particular category is gonna be open to. I love the Yeet Awards. They're oh. so so corrupt. <laughs> yeah, we've got we the want, voting we system. We want five yet. things to win, so we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it gets more corrupt. By the way, keep uh, listening. Keep it's listening. Like the stone cutters, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. Um, Who rigs every Yeet Award night? We do. We do. We do. <laughs> I think that's the first time we've collectively sung on the podcast, by the way. Yeah. Well done. Uh, speaking of which, speaking of us and how good our podcast is, next uh, next one is Podcast of the Year. After we've worn ourselves, <laughs> ourselves on the back. <laughs> so my vote for this one is going to be VP Precision Podcast. My vote is not for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so there has been there has been a massive amount of podcasts that have come on board in the last year or so. Again, uh, this is not necessarily the best uh, podcast that has launched this year. This is purely what we think the best shooting related podcast is this year. So um, again, there'll be heaps of nominated, and it's not 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 for us to win specifically. Um, please vote. You know, find one and and vote. We're not they're not insecure enough to think that we have to win this one. Um, in fact, I'm. Are we taking ourselves out of the nomination? Yeah, I think we should. Well. Yeah. yeah. All right. So this is the the. Is that just saying that we're the best? But we we just want to let everyone else. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Surely. I'll take that. Didn't realise there was another option. <laughs> <laughs> we want to hear what your favourite other podcast is to listen to. If you related. listen to any other podcast, <laughs> I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Uh, I know right. I don't. <laughs> you don't listen to this <laughs> one. <laughs> and we'll see, I don't listen to any other one either. So no, I wasn't lying. <laughs> Guest of the year as well, particularly the beginning of the year, uh, we um, we had a number of guests involved. So either guests that have joined us for a, for a group episode or one that's been an interview. I'm going to wind that back to um, a little while. I'll, I'll specifically nominate who those people are over the last probably 18 months or so. It'll be, it'll be a little bit more. We have been shy on having um, the interviews and, and more details will come out about that uh, early in the new year. So there's there's a reason. It hasn't been uh, um, just, oh, we couldn't get around to it. Um, it uh, has been very uh, specific uh, as to why we haven't had many interviews recently. That will all come clear later. Uh, good. Bronte, you were excited <laughs> about this next category. That doesn't paint me in a very good light there, Rusty. <laughs> I'm excited about this next category as well. Yeah, so am I. But don't tell everyone. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Andy. Andy thought this one. Yeah, up. Andy thought this was a good idea. Um, the non-game changer award. Yeah. Mm. So this is. Uh, oh, do you want to explain it? You no, explain. I think it. you go. Here you go. I'm, just, I'm not the most passionate about this one. <laughs> it's the I product. I think Bronte that, should. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> right. I'm, I'm too emotionally invested. <laughs> it's the product that was hyped up that just stunk. <laughs> Well put. Yeah. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Just it, it, they built it up, and it just did not live it up close to expectations. Yeah, or even um, and and because the the game changer, we, we will acknowledge that the game changer bag from Rezo Position Precision Precision was a game changer and was <laughs> cheers and from, was, from was, who. Resor precision. Uh, precision. <laughs> <laughs> you got <it> again. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> right. 
it's uh, it's this rum from the rum baron. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's his problem. Anyway, the another nomination for podcast of the year, Hunting HQ. Thanks to the rum baron. In fact, if he provides us a bottle of rum for the next episode, the live episode, each. <laughs> will win. It will yes. be the worst <laughs> podcast ever. <laughs> it'll be the first 30 minutes will be coherent and then it'll just be just oh. stone cutter songs. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to tune in. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, if uh, uh, Rum Baron, if you're listening, bottle of rum will uh, definitely guarantee uh, Honey HQ's. Uh, It'll rank it up anyway. It'll rank it up. Can't guarantee the win. That would be uh, that would be very stone cutter. No, I could guarantee the win. I literally have <laughs> nothing to do all day. Oh, it definitely wouldn't hurt their prospects. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't willing to admit to it. Anyway, uh, so um, what are we going? Non game changer award. So the 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 resort precision uh, game changer did change the game of how we shoot and stuff. Uh, but uh, there has been a how swag. we drape our bags on things. Yeah, mm. there's been a swag of uh, swag of products that has come out, such as the Tikitake one, which was classed as a game changer. The Sierra tipped game changer projectiles, which didn't change a lot. Changed the game. Still came out the same way, did they? Yeah, the mm-hmm. dude, loud noise. The dude right. with the hat. Um, with the uh, the ticker four end replacement that would, um, would turn into a bipod, turn into a bipod yeah. that was the game changer as well. And there was something else that came out the other day. We got tagged in. Um, anyway, all this stuff that was the game changer that did not change a thing. Mm. So things that overhyped, particularly bonus points or bonus anti points if they if they uh, use the word game changer in their marketing. Yes. Um, so we yep. want to hear from you guys what was hyped up and disappointed you. Immensely in terms of products. Uh, Andy, last one. Or Dutchie, if you can read it. Whoever's eyes Shooting meme of the year. Yep. Shooting meme of the year. We uh, we do a post on Facey. Uh, we just want to see your memes. That's pretty much <laughs> We want to laugh. We want to laugh. We want to laugh. We'll choose the one that this this will be chosen by uh, whoever, whichever one makes us laugh the most. So if you want to get creative and make a meme about us, uh, go for it. Uh, we want to see plenty of gay tiger memes. Um, want to see you, you cannot you cannot use ARS memes. In fact, ARS may win if you were if you if you put one of their memes up and and certainly honour who who came up with it. Um, yeah, we'll yeah, ARS has got a good chance with this one. Yeah, they've definitely got a few horses in that race. Yeah, for the ARS There's guys are pretty. Yeah, those guys are pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> so. That's what you're up against. But anyway, send us send us all your shooting memes, all, all the good shooting memes and the bad ones, actually. Probably more of the bad ones. The bad ones, ones probably actually better, yeah. actually, really. Yeah. More chance with Dutchie to win, yeah. So. yeah. And a bottle of rum will probably help your chances as well. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. So that will be, uh, I believe, uh, 12th of December, but confirm that on Facebook, but we'll be live um, SA time from about 8.30 onwards. Mm-hmm. And giving away the yeets. So there's still the elephant in the room, though. Oh, what's that? The voting system. Oh yeah, yeah. We didn't we didn't talk about that. Well, we briefly said we were open to bribes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that, was, that was mentioned, right? Briefly, everyone heard that several times. Yeah, everyone yeah. heard that. Everyone <laughs> listening heard that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, we will be super clear. Um, yeah, there's there's varying ways these categories going to be decided, and we certainly want your votes and your input. No guarantees that the particular item that gets the most votes wins. We just want to put that disclaimer out there <laughs> um, because we may override it. We just reserve that right <laughs> to um, Be too. have several 
beverages and just change our minds <laughs> is I think <laughs> what we're trying to say. So, but we certainly we would we will certainly take uh, the the votes of the listeners. It's you guys uh, into account when making decisions, and and chances are on several of these occasions, um, the votes will decide mm. things. So we will, we will be steered greatly by your input. Significantly, so please jump on board. But not not all of these are going to be voting uh, based ones. Obviously, the shooting memes. We just want to see memes, and we will base it on the uh, the giggleometer. Um, how much we uh, we giggle by it. So um, we'll we'll get that installed by next week. Uh, oh no, by two weeks time. So anyway, jump on that. Uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, and is it going with the Yeet Awards? You did say it before, Dutchie. Oh, I think we need. To, I don't know. We could, we're workshopping yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. the podcast, the Precision Shooting Podcast Awards. Um, the golden tonsils. We can't no, be nominated for the non-game changer award, can we? We can. Yeah. Can? Most disappointing podcast of the year. Yeah, no, Seems I'll fair. wear that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't we, we, ne- we never say that yeah. we are going to yeah, change exactly. the game. Yeah, that's so. it. But we did say we're going to cover all aspects, which, is, we, which uh, we haven't because that is a very project, broad. Though, Dutchie, yeah. mm. It's a long-term it's project. Yeah. <laughs> we mm. can. Over the yeah. next 45 years, we probably will cover all the aspects. Including, yeah, but what about the aspects that develop in, over time? Including death. Yeah. yeah, true. <laughs> so that's how long I plan to live for. All right, good. That's the awards. That's the awards, guys. Hey, uh, we put up that we would like some questions for tonight to uh, to go along with our awards, um, and we got some. So the first one, first one's actually from a couple of weeks ago. This is from someone whose name I don't have. Whoops. Right, anyway, from... Uh, the, uh, the display picture, he's standing in front of a lake with some hills in the background. Could be Canada. Could be New Zealand. What do Is you reckon, Bronte? Is it Aquaman? It's not Aquaman. I'm leaning more towards, uh, yeah, Canada, oh, North Canada. America. Yeah. Yeah, and he's yeah. wearing a red jacket. I'm going to throw it shirt. out there and say it's Hawaii. Good, done. All right, Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii and Pete will call him. Yeah. Mm. Hawaii and Pete says. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, I have a question about reloading for precision. Well, he actually says, I have a questions. Oh, he does too. All right. I started organizing my brass by weight, but I've since found out that the internal volume is generally considered to be more accurate. My question is, Bronte's already showed his hand. My question, he'd be horrible at poker. My question is how. (laughs) (laughs) He almost went for (laughs) 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 <laughs> My question is, have you or heard how other people organise their brass for precision? Too much time in Hawaii under the sun. Uh, organise their brass for precision and if they do measure the internal volume, what's the best way you've seen cheers in advance? Well, we've already got the cheers, so let's move on. Mm. Next question. Mm. Next question. Now, Bronte, have you done this before? You've done volume for volumetric Yeah, I, something or other? Did when I had way too much time on my hands. Yep. Oh, um, those were the days. Yeah, how good were they? How are they, Dutchie? Yeah, so at least I haven't bought a lathe. <laughs> yeah, but that's because I want to fit a muzzle brake. That's because I can't afford one. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, I tried all that stuff, tried weight sorting brass and was you look at where the weight is on a, a brass case, you've got a lot of mass down in the, the head end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the depth at which that rebate is cut for where your extractor hooks on can have a pretty significant impact um, to the case weight. Uh, so I my preferred method would be 
to fill them with water. Yep. And what is weigh them before, fill them with water, weigh them again, subtract the second, first weight. Yep. All the rest, work out what the actual mass of the water is. Yes. Um, but I tend to not worry about doing that. I just buy 400, 500 cases of the same batch of the same manufacturer in one go. And that's good enough. And that's close enough. Cool. Cool. Uh, excellent. All right. Just just scrolling. I mean, we're going to look for more questions. Just scrolling past a little shout-out to Lovis Gear. They've just uh, this received a stack of the Armageddon Gear Game Changers in. So if you are looking for a uh, Game Changer from, um, uh, from uh, Lovis Gear, from Armageddon Gear, jump on board. A few other bits and pieces as well. But anyway, good. In fact, I need one of those, so I'm going to jump on before. I release this podcast so I can get one. What were we doing? Looking for questions. Questions. Okay. We got a lot of questions, by the way. Thanks heaps for the so guys. Essentially, who... the sorry, long story short, there's probably better ways to spend your time than yes. volume. Yeah. 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 It's it's good to like get down like um for quick load. For quick really load. helpful for that. Yeah. yeah. Um and if you were in a situation where you were forced to use mixed head stamp brass, mm-hmm. it would probably have a lot more value there. Mm. But if you're using brass from the same batch from the same manufacturer, unless you're shooting bench rest and yeah, really, say, really, this more like really a bench rest thing, chasing it? that, you know, minute yep. improvements, I really think you can spend your time better elsewhere and see more bang for your buck in, in your prep. Cool. Cool. Thoughts? Any? No? Yes? Yeah, I've, I've never bothered with it. Cool. Yeah. I honestly stopped listening when you were talking because I'm like, God, this sounds so <laughs> boring to do. For oh, no, that's because it is. Yeah, for no oh. real benefit. I, I actually have... tuned out and then came back and you were still mm. talking. <laughs> <laughs> I have done it as well and um, it is interesting. If you're that way inclined, it's probably good to know. Um, but it's not – it's probably more – if you have multiple brands of mm. brass or, or batches of brass – it's not silly to know the difference between those, um, but I wouldn't be. But like, if you go on super several. precision, you wouldn't be using different heads. Correct, hundred percent. Do you have to do it with a primer? In? No, I don't want to know because then I'll be tempted to spent, do it. Well, I, I did it with a spent primer, and otherwise the water leaks out the hole in the bottom. Yeah, yeah. So there's no way of plugging it, and it being an accurate weight. Really. You can well, plug, yeah, because yeah, the only thing to take with, out is water. Yeah, mm. yeah. So you, you can plug can, it with anything because you weigh the case plugged. Yeah, fill it with water. Don't tell Dutchy anything. because he will. He'll report back Ning two weeks' time. Yeah, and Sarah's so like, I have weights ordered all of my cases and I can report. There I is. nothing because. And here is what you don't plug it with. <laughs> you lied to me. You said I could plug it with anything. Yeah. Here's a list of 87 things that do not work. Also, yeah. still haven't got a job. <laughs> right. Okay, so from the questions that we had tonight, and we're going to, not sure we're going to get through all of these, but let's, uh, let's start off with this one. How relevant is 308 Win and 65 Creedmoor now that BR, a 6 BR and all the 6 mil variants have become the hottest choice of PRS shooters? Andy, any any thoughts on that? Because you run a Creedmoor, don't you? I do. Yep, 6.5. Yeah. Yep. yep. No. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it seems like there are definitely benefits to going to the 6 mils. Mm-hmm. Um. Not a silly thing to do as well, and they can definitely reach out to the distance. Mm-hmm. Um, Does that make uh, 308 and 65 Creedmoor irrelevant? 
I don't. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. I think you still run a lighter pill in the six five creed and get it down there pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't have thought so. Brandy, any thought on that? I I think the the value in the six five creed is um, that you can buy factory ammo off the shelf, and it's pretty damn good. And and rifles. Yeah, you go, yeah. yeah run rifles. run down the shop. Uh, bravo! We've talked about them before. Not a lot of money, really bloody accurate rifle. Yeah. I, I really, you know, I'm not too familiar with many 6.5 BR rifles you can walk down the shop and buy. There just isn't that <laughs> many of them. <laughs> you know, you're talking about a custom job there. So if you're, yeah. if you're getting just starting, um, you know, your 6.5 Creed I think is still very hard to go past. If you've been doing it for a while and you're, Jumping down the rabbit hole of all sorts of weird and wonderful things, then yeah, sure, your sixes definitely have some yep. notable advantages. But yeah, I wouldn't if you were shooting a six five. If the, the you know the best shooter in the competition was shooting a six five Creed more, and an average shooter was shooting the fancier six mil, the best shooter is still going to beat him. Yeah, for sure, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, you know the difference really isn't that. Significant. I think we'd ta- I'd tackle those two as different questions. How relevant is the 308 Winchester? Not very. Yeah, in, in reality, um, unless you've got some of the, like, I probably haven't really recommended a 308 for a number of years now. Basically, ever since the 6.5 Creed got to the price point for ammo, mm-hmm. that the 308 for match ammo w- was at, um, that's, that's, I, I, that's when I changed to, you know, recommending the Creed more as the option to start with. But um, the 308, we had one 30 cal, um, uh, le- uh, the finale out of 45 shooters. That and wasn't Butters with a 300 win mag, it was, was it? not Butters. No, I haven't seen a 300 win mag for I've quite a while. Maybe one or two this year. Yeah. Um, with a caveat, though, if that's what you've got, use it. That's oh, for sure. That's fine. It'll do the job. But it, it, yeah, if that's what you've got, you're. I don't mean to be harsh, but if that's what you've got and you're just starting out in it, your skill level is going to be holding you back far more than your caliber will mm. uh, and and work on that. Guys still do train and still do shoot three weights in comps and bits and pieces. We don't have that tactical division over here in this country at this stage where three weights sort of can, can play. Um, and because of that, they're not so common to see. But you can certainly shoot a match with it. You can certainly do well at a match with it. Um, I know Luke... McKinney had has shot three oh eight in some matches and in both in this and in service rifle, precision service rifle, and has done well in it. Um and the precision service rifle guys still run three oh eight uh a category for NATO, which mm. which still is pretty popular. Um probably the other side of the three oh eight though is it kicks more than all your other yeah. stuff. So from a training perspective, it's probably not that bad to do with your recoil management and you'll probably learn a little bit more yeah. about setting yourself up, getting square behind the gun and all these wonderful things yeah. um, with something that, that recoils rather than a six mil with a break that just goes bang. Oh, it's going bang. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I think that you'll find that an even number of the, the, the very good shooters still shoot on a 308 to, to harness that value mm. to it. But if you are – like if you were like today trying to buy a gun – um, I would buy a six five Creed more still. Agree. Yeah, if you unless you're building something, um, and you're relatively experienced with reloading, I would just go and buy a six five Creed more. Paul, hopefully that answered your question. Um, uh, actually, just out of interest, who in the room has a three hundred eight still? Yes, I do. I do. You do. 
We own, I owned one for about a month. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then realised it was rubbish and bought a three hundred <laughs> win mag. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Andy? Ever, no, ever owned one? No, I haven't. No, no I went okay. straight to six five. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you owned a 270 for a long time though, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. That's good. I love my 308 for hunting. It's, yeah. yeah. Yep. It yep. knocks a lot of things flat. Absolutely. So. I, I, we, we would but assume. for PRS, I've used it uh, once at the PRS club yeah. a couple of weeks ago and no. then about one shot I knew it was not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the problem I have with the 308 is you, were, you used to shoot a lot of foxes. So you'd have a fox at, you know, 95 metres, you'd shoot at it and then it would run to 150 metres and all of a sudden you're shooting at its feet rather than it's just, mm. it just wasn't flat enough. Mm. So on that, I've got a couple of questions here that could be sort of related. I'd want to, uh, I would want to get into the long range shooting. I hunt with my 306 and can shoot to 500 metres fine. Uh, but I want a ring still at 1,200 metres. Thinking of a Ticker T3X and 6.5 Creedmoor, I will be reloading. Have you used one? And uh, also tips on trigger pull training. Oh, we've, we've, we've jumped questions there. Let's go back to the uh, the original one. So um, currently shoots 500 metres with 30.06. Can shoot it out to 500 metres, no dramas. Um, uh, but wants to take it out a lot further. Ticker T3X, Sandy, you, I mean, you're... Actually, Brunda, you're in the Tigger camp as well. Um, uh, 6.5 Creedmoor, yours is a TAC A1, but it's still a yeah. T3X at its core. Yeah. Yeah. No, good good platform. Yep. Yep. You, you made a yeah. ring at 1,000 metres fairly comfortably the other day. Yep. Yeah, it took me, uh, what, Spoiler three? Spoiler alert for the video. <laughs> yeah. Took me a few couple of shots to get on, really. Um, but, yeah, and I think, um, yeah, it's a good platform to build on. And if you're reloading, I'll, yeah, I reload the 6.5 Creedmoor, and um, I'm getting pretty good results out of that. So. Easy to get. Components for and all that That's sort of it. gear. Yeah. yeah, the brass isn't crazy, and the projectiles are pretty yep. widely available now. And and well, they've always been available. But. Yeah, gives you lots of options as well mm. for a rebarrel when you get to that stage. You've got so many options with that bolt face. Yeah, mm. yeah. Bronte, yeah. you're a, you're a fan of Tiggers generally. Yeah, oh, I think they're a, a very good platform. Mm. They, they really are. I'm just going to jump jump questions here. Um, for, we'll come back to yours. Uh, Anthony, that was your, your second question we'll come back to. Uh, one from Greg here. Tips on modifying hunting rifle with synthetic stock or timber to get better long-range capability for target shooting whilst maintaining its main use as a hunting rifle for a tight ass like me, he says. Which is a really interesting point because a lot of guys are sitting there on the fringes of, mm. you know, shooting a match or PRS or long-range, just generic long-range, and have a hunting gun and want to take it further and wanting to do – this is almost an episode we could probably do. Um, we're taking like a standard hunting rifle. Um, but, yeah, just off the top of your head, any quick little modifications or, or tweaks or what would you do? Where, where is your time or money best spent in tweaking that up to a long-range tech driver as best you can? Mm, two places I'd go straight to would be making sure I had a – a proper detachable magazine if you wanted to shoot it in competitions sure. with a big enough capacity. Yep. Um, and then the synthetic stock, depending on what one it is, they're a bit can be a bit how you're doing with the cheap Tupperware ones. But with a timber stock, it definitely benefit from potentially pillar bedding and glass mm -hmm. bedding the action. Yeah. I was going to just make make sure it's free floating barrel as well. Yeah. And you know, if you're loading a bipod, it doesn't flex up or touch your barrel. Yep. 
Dutch, you've made some hunting rifle shoots sensationally. Any any ideas on what you would? That was just him. That was him. Yeah, that was. Oh, this is his question. All... Yeah. No, that's just his oh. operator style. <laughs> he just shoots very well. Well, I'm not going to argue that. I've seen him shoot. I just wouldn't do it. Just wouldn't do it. Nah, it's something to be said for that. I would probably go. I'm going to ruin my hunting rifle by trying to mod it to fit a competition style. Yep. Bite the bullet. Probably be better off getting a dedicated one. And I've come to that conclusion doing it the hard way, trying to get my hunting rifle to a position where it would be good in a pair of situations. It's just not. Yep. It's not as good. Like I'll I'll be there having fun, yes, but I'm not going to be competing. It's solid advice. Mm. Yeah. Um, As soon as you compromise, you're compromising on both. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you, you never get either. Either if you're trying to do two things, you're not going to do either of them. Great. We'll, we'll always support buying more firearms. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> of always course. advocate for yeah. that. And speaking of which, uh, Dutchie is just opening his own gun shop. Uh, actually, we we forgot to mention <laughs> that. No. Uh, I'm going to say, I know it's not what you mentioned here. You're talking about your synthetic stock or timber stock, but if I was going, let's go a more generic question: Is tips on modifying a hunting rifle to use as a um, Long range shooting gun scope is is we um Dutch and I share the we we've got the same gun we've got both got a three hundred eight Thompson Icon and oh, that is a very much lightweight hunting gun with a three round magazine although Dutch has modified his but it's a very generic hunting gun great for hunting shot lots of things with it but I've taken that thing out and it's pencil pencil barrel which is probably important to mention. I've taken that thing out well past 900 metres, probably 1,000 maybe. I'm just Yeah, I got mine over 1,000 Yeah, with a 25-power vortex on it. Yeah, like consistent. It. So. But you just – the scope was the kicker. The, the ability to dial that scope to where it needed to go um, was pretty important. You know, I, I, ran, what did I ran back in the day and it was a night force, three and a half to 15 or three to 15, forget these days, um, on it. And that was, you know, able to get us to those distances. Um that was the that was the reason the gun got to those distances, not because of any tweaks I made to the gun. Um, so that was that would be the single most important factor, uh, particularly if you're you know if you're comparing it to oh the gun's got a three to nine by forty on it. Yeah, can't can't dial the turret. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, so. just well, it should be about that tall. If I am about there, it should be okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, back to Anthony's question here. Any tips on trigger pull training to not punch the trigger? Gentlemen, anyone uh, got Use a finger, not the fist. <laughs> well Sandpaper the tip off your finger <laughs> so it's really sensitive. You'll never, you'll never punch a trigger if you've got a red raw finger. You won't because <laughs> your finger is that much more sensitive. It's uh, just, just legal. Disclaimer, we're not advocating this advice uh, in any way. And uh, <laughs> the hosts of this show, uh, anyway, um, great idea, Dutchy. great idea. I thoroughly enjoy it. Hey, I've just, <laughs> I've, I've lifted that rung off the bottom rung. I've just moved it up a peg. Love it. Let's see Love who does it. <laughs> 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 I never said it would be lawyer proof. <laughs> Just get this really badly drafted email missing all the characters you'd normally put in. <laughs> 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 yeah. I, I, something, I, your advice and wrong. Okay. I didn't say belt sander. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you should have. Mm. Uh, all right. Um, 
Do you know I'm actually I'm actually dragging up one of the manuals from back in the Impact Dynamics training days from years ago, uh, and and because I I read a fair bit about this um, about trigger control. So uh, unless anyone else got anything to do, uh, yeah. Look, there's your fingertip. Brian the tip off. <laughs> I do. There is an image of that. Yeah. There are, there are basically First pat. If you grind the second pat off, you've gone too far. <laughs> if you see blood, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Call for an ambulance. <laughs> so they're, they're traditionally um, the fingertip is is what you're told to use, right on the bit of your, the top bit of your finger, and that's meant to be the most sensitive position uh, and is apparently ideal. But um, – Often your finger is such a way where you like you will be very uncomfortable with it sitting there and, and the way you pull back on the trigger is not very straight. Much more significant in handguns but um, also can play a factor in rifle. But those guys who are tradies, one sitting here, um, often uh, or guitar players or you know, musicians of some sort or whatever it is um, or they've Belt sanded their finger. Um, they may have big calluses on their fingertips, and therefore they can't actually feel that trigger touching their finger, and they get no feedback from it at all. The the first pad of your finger um, that is uh, that is where I use. Um, that's where actually I've found the majority of people do actually use. And most people can't tell you what part of their finger they use, but um, once they you know think about it, they go, oh yeah, actually, that's the most common one. Um, that's what I use. The next part is actually the join between the first and second segment of your finger. I don't know, the, the inside of the knuckle. Um, that is my backup position and I can shoot as well with that than the first pad. It's just not as comfortable but I can still, you know, the group size doesn't change. Why do you need a backup position? In case you belt sand belt the tip sand, of your finger. Belt sand. You just use the other hand, like shoot left-handed instead then? No, I'd if, probably, you, I'd, if you're smart enough to belt sound the end of your finger, you're, probably not you're gonna, not going to yeah. know how to use your left hand. <laughs> <laughs> I actually concede that point. Yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> the, guy, the guy told me that I should belt sand my finger, so I did. Surprisingly, and particularly guys who've got longer fingers, often that 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 uh, comes through the the stock quite a uh, fair way, and, and they actually quite comfortably will rest on that join as long as they can get sensitivity. And, and sometimes, again, the first pad is so calloused up. That's where it works really well. And then the second pad, um, it's less common, but Can I do. Can I add something in course. here? Because I had this pointed out while I was up at the range yeah. by possibly the world's greatest spotter, Yep, uh, Rob. He, uh, yep. he, Mr. Harker himself. Yes, he was there. And he was, um, I was having a little trouble with the Ultra Mag. Yep. Um, and he told me to move my thumb from a thumb over to a thumb on the same side. Yeah. Uh, grip, mm. and that changed the position of where my finger was in relation to the trigger blade. Yep, and I did find it a lot easier. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that it's that's also something to think about how you're actually gripping the stock. Yeah, that's um, another point. Yeah, really good, really good. Thumbs up. Someone mm. give me an actual lot. That was good advice. Don't belt. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm more inclined to go with this one. <laughs> <laughs> Just na- natural. Every genius has their critics, yeah. don't they? <laughs> Uh, and then the second pad, less common, but um, sometimes uh, long fingers or just no feeling in it and, and just shape of the gun, sometimes that second pad. And I've seen guys shoot exceptionally well and actually shift to using the second pad on their finger um, because it downrange, the results spoke for themselves. It's not oh. as common. It's nowhere near as common, but I have seen guys use that. And it's one of those things when you've got someone over your shoulder saying, hey, 
whereabouts on your finger do you shoot? And they go, huh, don't know. You go, right, try all four positions, shoot groups with all four positions, see how they go, and you shoot it, and the best group you get is your second pad. You'd be a bit mad if you didn't move to it. If that if that was comfortable and you shot really well, then happy days. Anyway. I, I've, I've, no, I've noticed that uh, whatever rifle I'm using does affect where yep. on my finger I'm using. Uh, 100%. The, sh- yeah. the shape yeah. of the stock is yep. a huge, huge yep. factor. And even shooting position, like prone yep. is different for me than if I'm standing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and truly. Or standing supported or something like that. So it's it's hard to have like you, a. You will find, Dutchie, that if you change to that thumbs up position, that will reduce because mm. what what is happening is when your thumb is around the stock, your position of your body is going to um, be going to be more affected. How where, where your your hand twists around the stock, whereas if you go thumbs up, you're literally resting that hand on the side and you start taking the weight up with the other hand or with the rest or whatever you're on. And I suspect you know the guys who shoot PRS regularly, they're keeping that that right hand very consistent in where it's going because it's not actually having much effect on how they're holding the gun. Mm. But that's where the thumb shelf is probably one of those things that has yep. actually changed. Oh, are you gonna say it? Are you gonna say it? Not gonna say quite that much, but oh, it, oh it's definitely a game changer. <laughs> um, the like the having chassis with a thumb shelf. Yeah, I find it very difficult to shoot one without it now. Yeah, because I just feel Looking really consistent there. I've been playing with these KRG chassis, and they've got very good thumb shelves. And yeah, despite them being uh, fairly open, like thumb hole sort of setups. Um, yeah, that thumb shelf. Yeah, it just kicks works. Some goals. Kicks some goals. We'll show you. We'll show you after. Show you after. I've seen them, don't You've worry. You've seen them. I'm Have quite up to speed on the KRG. Okay. Good, good. Range of products. Excellent. Is that sponsored? Um, the other thing that I'll say on Trigger Pull um, is that I don't know if this is going to come across in audio version very well. You guys can tell me if we're explaining this very well. Plus, it's been about three years since I've trained this stuff. But And two years since I've shot. Two years since I've shot. And there's no wind. I'm not used to shooting yeah. in no wind. Mm. I've been two before. weeks and I was, I was rubbish. <laughs> Quite <laughs> <laughs> fun, so cool. oh, yeah, it's a, um, a lot of guys will will half pull a trigger. They will pull a trigger, probably talking more mentally, but they will pull a trigger to the point it breaks. And the big thing we used to convey is that you'll pull that trigger with the attempt, not the legit attempt, but the attempt to pull it all the way back to the back of the trigger guard. So your focus isn't on the trigger breaking. Your focus is on getting that trigger to move its full range of motion. And it will just break when it happens, and it takes your focus off that moment that goes bang. To doesn't matter when it goes bang. I've got to get this trigger to the back of the trigger guard as smoothly as I can, and it'll sound a little weird, but you do it and you put that in practice and you do that ten times on a twenty-two, for example, or dry fire or whatever. Um, actually, no, probably live fire on that particular no. one. Yeah, yeah live, live fire. fire. On that. But as you come through that position. Um, you will um, – I'll caveat that in a sec. As you come through that position, um, not worried about where it goes bang, you're worried about getting it to its full range of movement mm. and then staying there for a moment. Um, and, I mean, trigger pull is going to f- get into follow through and to grip and everything else we do. It's, it's, yeah, this entire podcast easily. Um, oh. one, one thing I was – sorry, Bronnie, yeah. I was going to caveat that on um, was dry fire is an excellent way – to practice that motion and learn the movement of that trigger. So if you dry fire a couple hundred times, 
your finger will muscle memory that, you know, that movement. And that's just what you need to do. It'll go bang, but you just need to keep doing that as you go along. There is one thing with that though, and it's actually quite good that you raise the point about the dry fire. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a few videos granted to that primarily in the pistol world, but the same still applies with the rifle world. Sure. Of people doing that trigger drill and they're all good. They don't flinch when they know the gun's empty. As soon as you don't know whether it's loaded or empty or not, whether you're expecting recoil, all of a sudden they're, they're flinching again yep. and they're changing their trigger pull. So yep. if you've got the opportunity to, um, good little exercise for establishing that is get somebody else to load or not load your gun depending on mm. how they're feeling so you don't know whether it's loaded or not and see how you go. We used to, as part of a training technique we used to have dummy rounds mm. and so we would mix a mag so be 10 rounds in the magazine three of which were dummy rounds the now you couldn't do this on some ranges because they've got hang fire rules yeah. although you could still wait your 30 seconds but anyway um the point is you put your dummy rounds in and the guys would shoot bang bang click and you film this whole process and then you film when they've Hit a dummy round and see if they've jerked the trigger or done anything on those lines. And mm. that, that's a really good way to get feedback on whether or not you're actually training correctly or not. Good point, Brondi. Very good point, mate. <laughs> Self-congratulations. Uh, the Baron. Oh, the Baron from Honey HQ has asked a question. Pros and cons of a carbon barrel over steel other than weight and sex appeal. No, no, that... Stick with sex appeal. It's done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pretty much sold right there, isn't it? Everyone likes carbon fiber. Oh, my God. Um, heat, accuracy, longevity. Has anyone in the room got a lot of experience with carbon fiber barrels? All right. I've got one sitting in my safe. Oh, do you? Mm. Yeah, right. Did you win that or would you? I did. You did. Nice. Hmm. Nice. What's it in? What size? 6.5. Six six it's not chambered, so. Okay. Um yeah, they don't work very well on the solar chamber. No, they don't work very well not on arrival either. <laughs> yeah, but low darts. Yeah. Um, Baron, I'm going to suggest that you, because you've got a carbon barrel, I'm going to suggest you're probably well poised to, uh, to actually answer this question. Um, but if not, I will point you, and, and I'll point you where the answers could possibly be, and that's going to be to the Apply Ballistics. Um, I think it's uh, long-range... What is it? Advanced modern Advanced. advancements uh, in long range shooting, volume two. I thought it had a ballistic. Yeah, is that the one you guys read out? No, 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 that was a different book entirely. We did a <laughs> we did actually a podcast on it um, a while ago where we talked through it, but that particular book um, has a whole section on carbon fiber barrels. Um, so I will highly suggest. Uh, modern advancements in long range shooting volume two uh, from probably six baron. If you're listening, um, come and borrow it if you want. I do have it. Actually, I think Greg will probably have it as well. I think we bought three copies. Um, but uh, that is going to answer a bunch of questions on that while well, we're doing a plug for it. Um, mm. Answers a bunch of questions on 22 long range shooting. Answers questions on um, on powder scales reloading. Range um, finders as well. Range finders, one. really good one. Yeah, really good. And um, in, in a moment I will find, oh, man, I'll probably 
got a few episodes to look through on this one. Um, there is an episode that we did. If you look on YouTube, that's probably the easiest way to find it. Uh, Modern Advancements in Long Range Shooting Two Precision Shooting Podcast Channel. You'll, you'll you should come up with that particular episode. It is on there. Uh, we talk about it, but we only reference the book and we don't go into super detail. So, I'd suggest buying that book, Huntsman Firearms. Uh, um, probably the best guys to go and hook it up with. Get into them and go from there. Uh, speaking of barrels, uh, Ed asks, how do I pick a barrel brand? Now, I know you are coming up for a… Just cheese, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Andy, Andy is coming oh, up for there. a barrel choice. Oh, you on the tip off your finger. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever one feels cool when you yeah. touch it. <laughs> good, good. Uh, Bronte, any, any advice on this, gentlemen? Possibly just see do, what, do see whatever what. you think in your mind is going to be the best. Yeah, because then yeah. you're going to go. Oh, I got the best one. That's why I always get everything I'm aiming for. In all fairness, I mean, obviously, different people. With you know, there's the whole cut rifled versus button rifled barrels argument. Yeah, um, I've seen both bands shoot and, really well. Bands and grooves. How many yeah. of them? All yeah. that sort of stuff. I'd probably spend a bit of time making sure you can get the right twist rate for the projectiles you yes. want to use. It's pretty important. Much more critical. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a question about that, actually. We'll get to that. Um, and, yeah, if you're buying a quality barrel, there are quite a few out there, like your Bartlands. <laughs> quality, 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 quality. Quality. Yeah, you know, your Bartlands, your Kriegers. Shooting video of the year, by the way. You know, there's plenty of, of really well – Known well, yep. You know, well regarded, very consistent barrels out there. Yep. Um, even I've seen some pretty good results from some of the Swan barrels here yeah. in Australia as well. That's fair. Um, and the price point of those is pretty really, really impressive. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's what you can get your hands on as well is probably the other aspect of it. Yeah, I reckon for me it will just pretty much come down to availability and uh, price. You've, you've got one sitting in your safe, as you said. <laughs> but I'm not going to use that for comp stuff. Oh, fucking la da yeah. Look at me. Ooh, I've got the best barrel, but I'm not going to use it. Then I'll have no excuses. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's all about the sex appeal. I just want it hanging on the wall, all right? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> good. Hey, cool. Uh, good. But yeah. All right. What are you uh, going to do? Hey, barrel, you're looking really stiff. <laughs> oh, now I am too. <laughs> <laughs> Touch it. Touch it. <laughs> oh, dear. So barrel choice, I'm sure we've said this before, Um, it it really is, I mean, good brand, barrel, and go with it. Like, I mean, it's so many companies make really good barrels. Choose choose which one you want. Um, If they've got a good reputation in the scene that you're with, if you know some guys running them, cool, run with it, run with it. It's what you're probably best to find is a company that um, will back their barrels Mm. Yeah, I was going to say like customer service yeah, and yeah. warranty sort of stuff. Yeah, maybe. and if they've got good representation in Australia, that's really good. So like I know the proof barrels are quite popular now, not necessarily the carbon fibre ones mm. in the as well, but stainless barrels are being really popular because I know that the, the guys at Delta deal with them and they will they will back them. They'll look after you and the proof guys are really good to deal with as well. Mm. So they're, they've been very popular for that. Um, the Bartlands have always been great. Swan, again, Really good service. They're a bit cheaper, um, but I, I've got a swan barrel and it's sensational. In fact, I'll be shooting it this weekend in the two yep. to three. Um, and it was stacking factory ammo on top of each other. Um, can't argue I, with that. No, can't ask for any more than that. So, um, yeah, I, 
I think um, it's it's one of the things where people stress out over. But unlike an action or a chassis, which can get pretty personal, the barrel, as long as it's going to do its job and you've got good service behind it, it's going to do its job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, kind of at the end of the day, yeah, the name on the side of it doesn't mean anything. It's whether it shoots or not. Yeah. And I, I've seen – Unless uh, you got yeet cannon on the side. Yeet. Yeet. <laughs> so I've seen – I have seen the swan guys be unhappy. I'm unhappy with how a barrel's gone and they just swapped it out and just mm. giving you another one and, and got it squared away from there and that's – a good thing. That's what I want from a barrel company. If a barrel happens not do so well, they they take care they of fix it. Fix it. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I'm sure they'd be more interested in having a look why it's not like getting it back. How oh, yeah, it look yeah. like? Oh, what the hell? What's going on with that? So, yeah, it would be good. Uh, Roddy, here's a question for you because you're you're into details and stuff. Number of shots required to obtain a meaningful SD and ES. SD being standard deviation and ES being extreme spread. Have you got a preferred number that you would run through that? Uh, probably somewhere definitely north of five. Yep. Seven to ten is probably, you know, if you – Kind of depends how consistent those shots leading up to that have been. You fire one shot, okay. it's going to be the best standard deviation, <laughs> extreme spread you ever see. Fantastic. You fire Not two wrong. shots, that's when you it's take your photo. Basically, yeah. kind of meaningless. Three or four, yeah. By five, generally speaking, you, if you were going to have to have had something not quite, yep, show up like it should have, it's probably going to start to show up at five. Yep. Um, and then definitely by sort of seven to ten, you should be pretty. Pretty confident. Pretty certain. Yeah. I mean, depends how how you, what you're using to measure your velocities. You know, if you're using a um, lab radar sort of thing, then make it twenty. Make it twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not sacrificing anything by measuring your velocity while you while you're yep. doing it. So. Yep. So so this has come from Ben, who's a member at our club, um, and so Ben, we've got a lab radar at the club. Just like if you're going to shoot and do that sort of thing with it. Run thirty down it. The the the, the more numbers, the better. Yeah. Yeah. The more and numbers. I, the yeah. bigger the sample pool, the better the quality yeah. of the data is going to be for yeah, sure. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I would I would go with ten. Andy, any thoughts on that? Have you done much yeah, of that? Because I'm using the um, magneto speed hanging off the end. Yeah. So I've usually stuck around the five. Yeah. And then I'll do a five shot group. So then, like when I'm doing load de- load development, I've got five for velocity and five for groups. Yeah. And I just work through like that, but. Yeah, go on the lab radar. You can do all your groups and mm. count them all. And Yeah, um, and you can have it while you're shooting at steel and you yeah, can, that's it. if you've got the opportunity with do it. Do the same with a magneto. You can. Yeah. You can. There can be a point, point of impact of, shift. That's I guess yeah. that's the that's the caveat to that. I def- yeah, I've noticed a point of impact yeah. shift. From I mean, mine. you could shoot a match with a magneto on. Mm. Probably not the best idea depending on the barricades, but um, – Especially if you're near 3200. <laughs> oh, that one's <laughs> over. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit warm to that. That was a bit quick. Yeah, good. Very good. I think we have – what are we – a couple here. Uh, Travi, Travi Shooting Adventures. By the way, you guys have all heard Travi on the podcast. If you're on Facebook or Instagram, jump over to Travi Shooting Adventures and um, cop him some abuse. I mean, um, give him a like. Give him a like. He's yeah, a, not, a, not a bad bloke. Yeah. What, yeah I'd give gonna, him one thumb. Are we going to say, <laughs> is he possibly the nicest bloke in Paris? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, but we did break him, me and Dutchie, pretty quickly, though. When he was on the show. He's too, <laughs> about 20 seconds. We he's got too him polite. Started. Yeah, he's we too got him polite. ruined about yeah, 20 seconds yeah. there. Yeah, very, very polite. Yeah, Someone's yeah, up. He's way too polite. He's top bloke, top yeah, bloke. Let's go with the politest, the politest guy up here. Okay. Uh, when considering a card- cartridge change, what bits of information should one consider to help select the best option for them? I.e., with a variety of six mil offerings, because this is the point he's at, how do you break it down and pick just one out of the pack? Is there a secret to selecting something for you personally or is it a lucky draw and do you just take the chance? No Again, secret. No secret. I'm guessing sand down your fingers and see if something feels better. <laughs> You've assumed too much, Andy. Yeah. Dutchie's got some you clear. You would do that. Dutchie's <laughs> got some clear advice on, on how to select a cartridge uh, that, that fastens is. Supersedes. Well, first one for me, but his brass easy to get. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If hey. brass is difficult, more, then it's... It's a much more sensible And then grind your finger off. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. And jam that piece of brass into your <laughs> finger stump. <laughs> you got yourself a good trigger puller now. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> like I said, I lifted it off the bottom rung. <laughs> and dropped it right back down. <laughs> Probably don't have any patrons left now. <laughs> okay, good. Um, brass being available is a mm. super important thing. I've, I've now uh, I've, I've got a 6 mil GT and uh, no brass to go along with it. Uh, which is yeah fine. I'm not complaining because uh, I've got a six mil GT. That's mad. Um, but yeah, if if I had to shoot a match in a week or two, that would be a problem. I don't have to. I'm probably not going to shoot a match till August at this stage. But um, so it's firstly shooting in August. Shooting in August. <laughs> Even though he said he was shooting next week. Shooting in August. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that one would have worked too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna shoot a match. I probably could make this work for all of the noises. <laughs> I'm gonna hit some targets. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, sorry. Uh, brass availability mm. important, mm. important. Yeah, particularly if you're you know trying to trying to keep it up. And well, what you... are the big six meals that everyone's talking about? The Ones the, that, um, so Creedmoor is one, BRA, BRX, BR. Um, like a Super SLR. LR. Yeah. Super LR has not really found a, a big home in the mm-hmm. thing. But anyway, um, the BR cartridge has become popular. Dasher, uh, XC. Um, PPC or is that too too hard uh, to feed? Not so. I mean, same. it's in the same category as the, the BR. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, feeding. Have, now yeah. we're talking about BRs. Feeding is probably a consideration to uh, take into account, making sure you've got the the kit that will make a six mil BR feed um, well, because they have a reputation, justified or not, for not feeding well. Um, you know, if you get something like a dasher, you got to worry about forming brass. Yeah, fire forming can be a pain. Also, brass life. Brass life. Because if you're having to spend a lot of time forming those cases and then you happen to lose 10 on a weekend and then, you know, the primer pockets get destroyed on another couple. Yep. Um, I mean, personally, when it comes to shoulder angle, I like 30 degrees or more. Yep. um, Because it seems to be the sweet spot for case life and case growth. Bronte's getting a a new shirt that says all angles. 
Mm. Yeah. Including those greater than 30 degrees. <laughs> 30 or more. Yeah. And the, the print will be done on a 30 degree angle. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, not actually a terrible idea. <laughs> so, um, and then like something on the back saying, I'm not a strain gauge. <laughs> Force restoration only. <laughs> Uh, so another one in, in that same vein is barrel life, maybe mm. a consideration. I mean, you know, like a barrel life is however long it is. And, um, but you know, at the end of the day, that costs money and depending on your circumstances, you may have heaps of cash to throw at this. You may have not a lot of cash to throw at it. So Some consideration. Would, would yeah. you start looking at, uh, pressure? Well, yeah. Or not as much as a critical thing? Uh, I mean, I guess it really, when it comes to barrel life a lot of that stuff there's all these factors kind of tie into each other because ultimately you know you can't beat physics um and you know you throw it getting torched out it really comes down to physics basically um you know obviously different uh, shoulder angles are proposed to do you know better and worse Mm. and whatever else depends where the combustion occurs and neck lengths and but you know high pressure high velocity it's a harsh environment for a barrel to live in. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, Travi, I think uh, I think those considerations, because performance, like a lot of this stuff, like can go either way. Um, your BRs are low on recoil and low in weight, so you can fly with more rounds. That's one of the one of the reasons they can be popular. Um, but you've got to take into consideration, like if you look at the matches you're planning on shooting, are you going to be driving? Is that going to be a consideration? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, knowing how much you shoot and matches you shoot, your barrel's going to last you a year, maybe. Maybe a year, maybe not quite a year. Um, so you've got to, you know, um, it's not, a, you know, what are you planning to do in the next 12 months? Because, you know, if you're planning to fly to 30 matches next uh, the year after, that's not a consideration. Um, it's really, you know, you know what your case life. But if someone someone else is, is considering this, um, you know, you're going to shoot a match a year and a couple of club matches, that barrel's going to last you a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Also, um, REMA availability as well. Sure. Especially when you start to get some of these exotic cases. Couldn't imagine there is About a... four REMAs in, uh, in the Gay Tiger in the country. Yeah. Um, so that's... you can relatively get them done fairly easily. Um, yeah, yeah. You just, but, you know, you compare four reamers versus, I don't know, God only knows how many two, four, three reamers there oh, would be in true. the world. <laughs> true. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, like it depends where you are. Yep. Yeah, well and truly. So, um, yeah, there, there is no secret, Travi. Um, these are things that we all face. With, well, I didn't, very fortunate if I didn't face, I just thrust upon me. Um, although By I was a gay pretty, tiger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm choosing my words carefully here. Um, anyway. So, uh, so yeah. come down to availability, case yeah. life. Because your projectiles are going to be yeah. much the same one way or the other. There's no issue there. And, um, yeah, I think pick it, pick it, pick it based on some of those other circumstances. If you're concerned about those circumstances, for some guys, this, you know, that, that build is a secondary build for them and they, they don't care if they can't get brass until August. Um, that, that's not their priority it's not that they need to shoot this week and they'll get it when they get it you know some guys will build a gun over a year and when when it all comes together it comes together whereas you know some guys need to shoot a match in january for example and they probably have you know other considerations to take mm. so yeah dies as well dies as well yeah dies are seemingly easier to get a hold of these oh, days okay, that's good to you yeah as a, as a general rule because you know like a gt for example which is one of the rarer cartridges now um 
they are getting good support and, mm. and you, you'll find that the, the uh, cartridge that gets adopted by PRS shooters relatively quickly gets does get the backed. support it needs pretty quickly. Like mm. I mean, already the GT came out in, was announced in January. There's already two, potentially three brass manufacturers for it. That's not super common to have it that quick. Mm. So, But is it just because of the name? Because everyone kind of gets amused so. by it. I hope so. Uh, is it actually that good or is it just it's an amusing name? So it, it is meant to be quite good. It yeah. is meant to be legitimately good. It sits between a uh, a Dasher and a 6x47. It's meant to sit in, in between there. But I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find, I mean, I'm probably not the best uh, the best person to be behind it to really find out what it can do. But there are a couple of guys who uh, I just got contacted by a guy today who is a, who is a good shooter and has the potential to really push that to its uh, limits and he's uh he was asking me for brass so anyway nice good luck to him last question last question this comes from the man himself oh sorry there, there was one other question um uh two other there's three questions to go these other two are going to be knocked off very quickly andrew noble the andrew noble oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh please discuss the potential barrel twist rate required for the new burger 109 grain six mil bullets Fast. <laughs> I did. I did reply back to um, Andrew and just said that we're going to have to get Greg on for that episode. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Uh, he did provide some advice though that we can we can build off. Uh, was that uh, suggest just wait till uh, wait till Greg buys a barrel and then just go one faster than that? Sounds pretty reasonable. Yeah. For those guys who are long term listeners, you're welcome. For those <laughs> guys who are new. Sorry. <laughs> Go back and Whatever. start again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any teasers from Phil Nash? Any teasers for the 2020 PRS Australia season? Phil, I have got a teaser for you, mate. Rumour has it that Phil Nash is going to be shooting matches in 2020. Sorry, I don't know who Phil Nash is, so I didn't really know what button to yeah, press. Yeah, no, I, I did do that button. I wasn't sure if it was a boodumps as a joke <laughs> or... <laughs> <laughs> Phil shot some matches last year through to various circumstances, didn't shoot this year. Ah, He's okay. a lefty, so that's probably most oh, of the so reason. that's probably pretty appropriate then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll go. All sorts of things. One, one, All one, one of the things. other. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> wasn't uh, a belt sander thing, was it? <laughs> <laughs> He's now a lefty. <laughs> <laughs> he went on a dutchy training course. <laughs> Hell no, it was a, he didn't pass the selection course. <laughs> it's not a training course. You think it's a training course? <laughs> you're, you're a bottom runger. <laughs> right, last question. We finally get through it. From One Shot Scott, the man himself. The man himself. If you ever get the chance to Have meet you seen you. my other bulb? No. <laughs> Okay, uh, this this could lead on. He's a top fan. Look at that. Scott, one shot Scott, top fan. Good stuff. No, I'm top fan. There can be <laughs> – he's wearing the old aspect <laughs> shirt. Good. Practical steps from how to read a wind device correctly to how to interpret that info into a ballistics app slash Kestrel. And then after shooting – how to adjust that data if needed. Mm. Mm. It's a wind device. Is that a flag? Kestrel, whatever. No, but. Yeah. He does, he does list it. Um, yeah, but he says a wind device and then into the. You, ever, you guys ever heard of a cliffhanger? 
with Sylvester Stallone. A really Stallone. bad movie. Yeah. Mm. Mm. The other thing is like a cliffhanger where you uh, bring up a topic or bring up a part in an episode and then uh, wait till a future episode to discuss it. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by Impact Dynamics.